1: Welcome to The Sports Angle, live on AMP TV, AAMP TV. Big welcome to everyone listening on CBS Sports, KSIX, Astros, Rockets, Texans Radio Network, as well as Magic 97.9 FM in Las Vegas, the entertainment capital of the world. I'm your host, Rocco. Let's get into it. The NBA has made a proposal for the 2020-2021 NBA season. And the NBA players don't like the proposal. And according to NBA Player Association Executive Director Michelle Roberts, it defies common sense to start on December 22nd. Now, the NBA, they recently came out with their plan, their idea for how this season should start, how after dealing with all of the pandemics, them dealing with the bubble, with them finishing their season back on October 11th, they have this great idea set in place the NBA would play 72 games. And it would start on December 22nd, and it would end right before the um, the Olympics. They Their goal is to try to end the season before the 2021 Olympics take off. This also would mean that the NBA draft, which starts on November 18th, The free agency would happen immediately afterwards. Training camp would start on December 1st, and then they would start their first game of the season on December 22nd. The reason why they want to do this is because it would be a financial gain for the NBA to not have to play alongside the Olympics. They, it would be a positive for the NBA to not have to deal with the Olympics on NBC. So from that side, I understand. But what I also don't understand is all of the moaning and all of the groaning by the NBA players. Are they talking about how at the December twenty second? start date is only a two-month window of an off season. They're complaining about how it's too short of an off season. How they cannot do certain things with only a two month off season. In fact, there has been players who have flat out said that the season starts on December twenty second. I will not show up. Come on, give me a break. One of the main players who has come out and has said that they will sit out the start of the season if they start on December 22nd is Los Angeles Lakers superstar LeBron James. In fact, LeBron James has been the main catalyst for the defiance between the start date of the NBA and then you had the executive director of the NBA Players Association coming out and saying that defies common sense. Huh. A league and a players association not getting along. Where have we heard about this before? Oh, wait. MLB. For anybody who can recall... Back in June and July of 2020, there was the huge dispute between the start date of MLB and the and the start date of the MLB Players Association. If anybody remembers the whole fiasco that took place, the NBA owner, the, the MLB owners wanted wanted a certain amount of games played. The MLB Players Association wanted a completely different amount of games played. However, the MLB players still wanted the same uh, amount of salary. They didn't want to give up a certain percentage of their salary. And of course, they eventually got it figured out. They started playing in the end of July and they just wrapped up the MLB season as of recently. All right, in the end of October, they finally ended the MLB season. But I remember back in June and July talking about the impact of an MLB Players Association and the MLB themselves going at each other. And as we're talking about the NBA here on the sports angle, we're getting the same thing, the exact same situation Happening right now. You have the NBA Players Association saying that it defies common sense to start on December 22nd. You got NBA players saying there's it's too short of an offseason to start on December 22nd. You have NBA players saying they will sit out the season if they have to start on December 22nd. And you have to ask yourself, what is the reason for why these players don't want to start on December 22nd? Where is the logic of these NBA players who make millions and millions of dollars that they don't want to start on December 22nd? That they don't want to have only a two-month off season? Why is it... That the NBA players are causing this huge disruption for the NBA. And how is it that LeBron James, the superstar, the guy that is the poster boy for the NBA, is once again the guy that is defying the NBA, the hand that he feeds from, the hand that allows him to get paid the millions of dollars that he gets. You see, here's a problem that I have with a lot of uh, players. And, you know, it's not just the NBA, you know, it's just in general. It seems like there's a lot of players who, you know, I got my mind on my money and the money on my mind. They, A lot of these athletes sit there and act like, you know what? I'm entitled to get this much amount of money. I'm entitled to a long offseason. I'm entitled to certain incentives. NBA players understand something. You get paid millions of dollars to play a kid's game. You get paid millions of dollars to play a sport that millions around the world watch every single year. I mean, heck, Even in a down year, your revenue was $8.5 billion in 2020. And that was a down year. So, what the heck are you complaining about? You know, if I was the NBA, I wouldn't even deal with the NBA Players Association. I would sit there and go, all right, you want to do a 12 year old tantrum? All right, fine. You know what? You're not going to get what you want. We're going to start the season on December 22nd. And and if you want to show up, great. If you don't want to show up, we'll find somebody else. I mean, that's the thing about NBA owners. If a a superstar doesn't want to show up, hey, you don't want to show up? Great. Get out. Oh, wait, you don't want to play this season? Okay, bye. Because I don't like this idea that NBA superstars can pretty much hold the NBA at hostage just because they don't want to start on December 22nd. Even though the NBA has said that financially the incentive would be for them to make more money not competing against the Olympics, it's a solid concept. And by the way, what they're saying actually holds weight. Most sports leagues do not want to compete with the Olympics head-on. Most sports leagues try as hard as humanly possible to avoid competing with the Olympics head-to-head. The reason why is because the Olympics beats out every single sport when it happens. You can go back to 2008, 2012, 2016. The facts is that the Olympics outperforms every single sports league when it comes to ratings in the summer. So, if you're baseball, you take a hit every single year. If you're the NFL, you don't have to worry about it. When you're the NHL, you don't have to worry about it. When it comes to the NBA, you normally don't have to worry about it. But this year, they might have to potentially worry about it because they might have to compete until late to early uh, a A late June early July, so the NBA might have to deal with them. The NHL might have to deal with them, and that is why a lot of these sports leagues are trying to have a either a simplified schedule or to start it earlier so they don't have to compete with the Olympics. It's a sound proposal but the NBA Players Association and players like LeBron James are moaning and groaning and complaining, and it is a joke. This is the Sports Angle. We're going to get into the NFL, so don't go anywhere. We'll be right back.
2: This is an urgent health notice all residents suffering from back pain you may qualify for a pain relieving back brace covered by medicare simply call the health alert hotline now the health alert hotline is your back brace company these specialized braces have been thoroughly tested for pain relief call us toll free right now to determine your eligibility don't wait the deadline is fast approaching the call just takes a few minutes and we will handle all of the medicare paperwork Back braces have helped thousands of people just like you get relief from their back pain and return to living their lives to the fullest, enjoying activities they thought they might never be able to experience again. Find out if you're eligible to receive a pain-relieving back brace. Make sure to have your Medicare card ready when you call. Call us right now. 800-223-7902. 223
3: 7902 That's 800-223-7902.
4: Amp, the multi-format network, is here to help create, produce, distribute, and sell your content. For more information, send a message to info at aamp.tv. That's info at aamp.tv. Are you a small business owner or pursuing the dream of starting your own company? Do you know where to start or how to grow that existing business? The American Business Trust Company has the answers you need. The American Business Trust Company can help you with startup capital, business strategy, sales and marketing, and establishing your company with a physical location or on the internet. You decide
5: Medicare, you might be eligible for a CGM with little or no cost to you. Call U.S. Medical Supply today for a free benefits check. We offer free shipping, 90-day supplies, and we bill Medicare or your insurance directly. Call now and say goodbye to finger pricks.
3: 800-854-3183. 800-854-3183. 800-854-3183. That's 800-854-3183.
1: Welcome back to The Sports Angle, live on Amp TV, AAMP TV. Big welcome to everyone listening on CBS Sports, KSIX, Astros, Rockets, Texans Radio Network, as well as Magic 97.9 FM in Las Vegas, the entertainment capital of the world. I'm your host, Rocco. Let's get back into it. The running game in the NFL has been the definition of either very powerful and is the reason why your team is successful versus almost non-existent and having your quarterback be the main outlier for why your team wins. Let me ex- Let me explain. In the NFL, over the past six years, there has been a shift. There has been a passing of the guard when it comes to the philosophy of the NFL. There has been this idea, this concept, that it used to be 50-50, 60-40, where you would have a dominant passing game, but your running game would also have to carry his weight. He would have to do what the NFL defenses were not prepared to do. All right, before 2014, the NFL, the passing game was important. And yes, you had great performances from quarterbacks like Drew Brees. You had very good players like Tom Brady and Peyton Manning that were the main notables. But for the majority of the NFL, it was an even 60-40 split where you had the quarterback and you had the passing game uh, be 60% of your offense, but then you had your running game be the rest of that 40%. It is different now, six years later. We have seen some teams that have flipped that And they have made their running game 60% and have made the passing game 40%. Tennessee Titans have been a prime example of that. All right. There has also been a very alarming shift into the dominant passing teams. There have been certain teams where the shift has been 80 20, where 80% is passing. And only 20% is running. And if you actually want to dig deeper, there's teams like the Buffalo Bills where they're, a lot of their running game comes from the quarterback themselves. There has been instances where you have had running backs basically become non-existent. They basically became decoys for the quarterback. Now, Am I saying that every single team does this? No. Uh, The Dallas Cowboys, at least with their offense as of a couple of years ago, they did that 60-40 split evenly well. You had Dak Prescott. He would pass the ball. But you also got your touches to Ezekiel Elliott. The Carolina Panthers did that with the Cam Newton era where the running game would be 60% with him and Christian McCaffrey, but you could also have the passing game with said Cam Newton and Christian McCaffrey. So as we're talking about the NFL and the passing versus running concept that the NFL offenses have gone down, there has been teams like the Baltimore Ravens who heavily rely on their running game versus the passing game. You have seen the Arizona Cardinals who have made it a 60-40 split still to this day. But what alarms me is when you have teams like the Kansas City Chiefs that does that 80-20 split, where Patrick Mahomes is forced to not just pass the ball over and over and over again. But it's the fact that Patrick Mahomes has to run the ball extremely well as well. I mean, they have Le'Veon Bell, they have Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, they have Damian Williams, but still, there is really only 10% that goes to those guys. The rest of the offensive production is forced to go to Mahomes. Now, could that be because of his half-a-billion-dollar contract? Maybe. Could that be because Patrick Mahomes is the face of their franchise? Is it because Patrick Mahomes has shown that he can take that much of offensive production and be successful? The point that I could be making here is that when it comes to the running and passing game, we have seen – a very drastic shift by offensive coordinators. For the offensive coordinators that were quarterback coaches or that were wide receiver coaches or were one of those play uh, coaches beforehand, they rely heavily on the passing game. Whereas we have seen offensive coordinators who came from the offensive line or came from the running backs coach that have leaned more towards the running game. So, what's the reason for this drastic shift? Is it the offensive coordinator himself? Is he the one figuring out the play schemes, the strategies, the styles? Is it him? Is it the head coach? Because the head coach decided over the last six years that they're going to do it his way, and that is the only way they're going to do it? What about the players themselves? Is it the quarterback that's figuring out all of these decisions? Is Patrick Mahomes in the pocket figuring out, all right, you know what, I'm going to go 50 passes a game, and then I'll do a couple of run plays, and I'll consider that a good day. What about the running back? I mean, the running back with all of these decoys and all of these blocking setups that he is being forced to do, I mean, couldn't he eventually, you know, break one, and then try to do a a passing play to the other side. What about screens? We've seen that running back screens have become less and less common in the modern NFL. We've seen actually more wide receiver screens than running back screens as of the last two, two and a half years. What is the reason for why there isn't a 60-40 split as much as it was back in the, Prime of the NFL, where they were at their peak in terms of popularity. Why is it that ever since 2014, the philosophy has changed where it is either 80% running and 20% passing or it's the opposite? It's 80% passing and 20% running. There has been uh, articles written and there's been graphs used that have showed the shift of the NFL using their passing in the running game. We have seen the shift of the NFL going into the style that I am talking about. In fact, there are a lot of these graphs that I will send to my social media for all of you to look at showing all of these teams that use the passing and running game. They actually have it broken down in terms of percentage, in terms of percentile of what they use their running game for and what they use their passing game for. It's very useful information. It's also very similar to how there has been a uh, chart of the percentage of running plays used during an NFL season. And alarmingly, you have seen a shift where it is slowly going down in terms of popularity of running plays being used by said running back. is becoming alarming. So the question that really needs to be asked here. And the question I will ask all of you. Is will the running game ever get back to the 60-40 split? Or are we going to have to get accustomed? Are we going to have to get used to the 80-20 split that some teams have created. Are we going to have to get used to the normal situation we are in now where the running game, outside of a couple of teams, are really non-existent in the modern-day NFL? Because, let's face it, if you are not a team like the Baltimore Ravens, the Carolina Panthers, the Dallas Cowboys, if you're not a team like the Las Vegas Raiders, if you're not a team like the New England Patriots, if you are not a team that relies on the running game very heavily, and that's only a couple examples, the rest of the league has really adapted into a passing-heavy NFL. There's been a lot of teams that have focused on the long ball as opposed to going in between the tackles juking out some defenders, and trucking over defensive backs, Uh, embarrassing linebackers with a stiff arm. You know we're not seeing a lot of that anymore in the modern-day NFL, and it's sad. It's sad how the NFL has gotten to that point. So that's the question I have to ask you, is will the NFL ever get back to the 60-40 split that it was in the 2000s Or are we going to get used and get accustomed to the 80-20 split that we are seeing in the modern day NFL? We're going to stay with our NFL conversation here on the Sports Angle. I'm your host, Rocco. Don't go anywhere.
4: Attention, business owners. You and your customers are listening to this commercial right now. Face it, every business needs customers, even yours. The Sports Circus is a primetime, nationally syndicated program that's carried on ABC, NBC, CNBC, and Westwood One News affiliates, plus CBS, Fox, and NBC sports affiliates across North America, with coverage from Hawaii to New York. Also, The Sports Circus is available to the 180 million subscribers on iHeartRadio, and The Sports Circus gets about 4 million website visitors per month, which could click through your website and bring sales. The Sports Circus provides great content featuring celebrity guests from sports and entertainment to our audience every weekday, which your company could greatly benefit from by increasing your visibility, foot traffic, eyeballs to your website, and calls from potential customers. Call us right now at 702-799-9935, again 702-799-9935, or email us at info at That's info at Drive your sales today by advertising with the Sports Circus. This is a time-sensitive message from the Back Pain Relief Hotline. Millions of people across the nation are suffering from back pain. Are you? Are you on Medicare? Is it hard to walk, to bend over, or even do simple things? Well, we have great news. If you're on Medicare, you could qualify to receive a pain-relieving back brace. We'll handle all the Medicare paperwork if you qualify and ship your new back brace right to your door. Make sure you have your Medicare card ready and please call Call us right now and get all the details. It only takes a few minutes. Imagine doing everything you used to do before your back pain. With your Medicare card ready, call the Back Pain Relief Hotline today.
3: Call now. 800-223-7902. 800-223-7902. 800-223-7902. That's it. 800- Hundred two two three seventy nine oh two paid for by the Health Alert Hotline.
1: Welcome back to the Sports Angle. Live on AMP TV, double AMP TV. Big welcome to everyone listening on CBS Sports, KSIX, Astros, Rockets, Texans Radio Network, as well as Magic 97.9 FM in Las Vegas, the entertainment capital of the world. I'm your host, Rocco. Let's get back into it. The Las Vegas Raiders. They have had a interesting journey to entering their franchise in Las Vegas. I mean, we saw what they did against the Kansas City Chiefs, them picking up a win against them. We saw them beat the New Orleans Saints earlier in the year. They got a good win against Carolina. But unfortunately, the Raiders are a 500 team. And they have to face a very tough, a very physical Cleveland Browns organization on both sides of the ball. They are scary on offense and defense as well. And understand that as they're getting into the month of November, they have had to face tough opponent after tough opponent after tough opponent. I mean, the Raiders have had one of the toughest schedules In the NFL. I mean him having to go up against Drew Brees. Having them go up against Tom Brady. A young up-and-comer. And and Josh Allen. They've had a very rough start to the season. With them being 500 is an accomplishment in themselves. But where do they go from here? What is the outlook for the Raiders rest of the 2020 season what will be the Raiders idea of a situation and heading into the end of the 2020 season because because they could finish eight and eight they could go nine and seven I mean I said in my prediction of the NFL all the way back in August That the NFL and the Las Vegas Raiders, if they go nine and seven, if they go one game above 500, it wouldn't be that much of a stretch to have them be a playoff team. In fact, I had them as the last playoff team to make it out of the AFC. So, them going nine and seven would be good for the Raiders organization. Going eight and eight, in their first season in Las Vegas would be a step in the right direction. It would be progress for this Raiders organization. Finishing 7-9 and nine would be the exact same as what they did last year. Which is have a strong start to the season and then fall off in the second half. And force them to finish once again below five hundred. But what's it going to be? Because understand, you're going to have to face Patrick Mahomes once again. You're going to have to face the Chargers with a very young and a exceptional talent in Justin Herbert. The, Ra- the Raiders also have to face off against Drew Locke, who, by the way, has actually been a very decent quarterback for the Denver Broncos. He's not amazing. He's not as outstanding. But... Drew Locke has been able to get the job done for Denver when their defense has able to back him up. So you're going to have to face the Broncos. You have to face the Chargers. You're going to have to face the Kansas City Chiefs. You still have to go up and face teams like the Miami Dolphins, who have done way more than expectations this season. And you have to go up against the New York Jets, which, I mean, if there's any team that could lose to the defeated New York Jets, I mean, it would be the Raiders. I mean, the Raiders have always seemed to be that one team where if anything could go wrong, will go wrong. It has happened to them in the past. So the Raiders' schedule for the rest of the remainder of the calendar, the last 10 games of the season, is very crucial and very important. And what we have to ask is, what will the Raiders' final record look like? What will the result be for the Las Vegas Raiders? Where will the Raiders go from here? Will they take the momentum from the 2020 NFL season and put it towards the 2021 NFL season? Where will John Gruden Go at that point because John Gruden would have had to been with the organization for his fourth season now. All right. This would be his fourth year with the Raiders organization. So understand that he has been there a while. He has been with the Raiders, not for a brand new head coach. This isn't his first year in where he had to refute tanking. This isn't his second year in where he had the fiasco with Antonio Brown. And it isn't this season where he is developing the roster alongside Mike Mike Mayock. Next year would be season number four as the Raiders head coach. And if he thinks he's making progress, then the team will go far. If he thinks there are still moves that need to be made, if the rebuild still still needs to be finished, then they will try to finish the rebuild before they start trying to rebuild off of that success. And they try to claim the glory from the success of proper rebuild that the Raiders have done for the last five years. There's no mistake about it that the Raiders the last five years have rebuilt a proper NFL team. They took a successful playoff team, tore it down, made it go all the way to the bottom, and then, like a trampoline, is now bouncing back up to being a average to above-average team in the NFL. Why will the Raiders finish at a 500 record and above 500 record? The reason why is because the Raiders themselves have enough talent to get the job done, when they have to go up against teams like the Dolphins, teams like the Broncos, teams like the Chargers, the Jets, teams that are not terrible, and teams that you don't just laugh at and just go, "All right, we already got the win, let's go, guys." They have to go against those teams, and they have to make those wins count. I mean, those four teams I just mentioned. That would put them at 7-9 and nine if they won just against those four teams. Understand that the Chiefs going up against them a second time, it's unlikely that they're going to sweep the defending Super Bowl champions. Understand that they're also going to have to go up against the Atlanta Falcons, who also, I mean, the Atlanta Falcons and the New York Jets, those are two teams where they should get the victory, but the Raiders have been the Raiders in the past. Anything can happen in the NFL. What will the Raiders look like next year? Will Derek Carr be part of the organization? Will they bring in a wide receiver, a, a all-star caliber wide receiver? To have another weapon in Las Vegas. What about the defensive side? Which has been the biggest problem for the Raiders. Would they spend some money to upgrade the defense? Will they go to the draft and trade up to go get a defensive star? And the quarterback situation is the most key out of them all. Marcus Mariota is the backup. But he has been injured. Derek Carr has been the face of the quarterback. For the past six years, Derek Carr has been the guy in Las Vegas. But will he be the future of the face of the QB for the Raiders organization? Because he does have that option. He does have the option to leave. The Raiders have their option to cut Carr. And move on and go with a different quarterback. Remember that next year is supposed to be a very heavy quarterback draft class. You have Lawrence. You have Lance. You have Fields. But you also have four more quarterbacks who could go in round one, round two. And we will have to wait patiently and see what the Raiders will do. Will they draft his successor With that pick? Will they go to free agency and try to sign the best quarterback available? Or will they make a trade and go get a quarterback with a little bit higher prestige than what Derek Carr is now? Or will they keep Derek Carr long term? Will they make sure that Derek Carr is protected in Las Vegas? Will they make sure that there is some guarantees that they will offer Derek in order for him to stay? Will they say, hey, you know what? We'll upgrade the offensive line for you. Hey, what do you need? You need a wide receiver? All right. Hey, hey, Mark Davis, go sign that check. We need to go get a wide receiver. Whatever the Raiders will do next year, the one guarantee that I can say that the Raiders will try as hard as they can To make the best roster possible for 2021. That's it, The Sports Angle. I'm your host, Rocco. We're going to stay with the NFL, so don't go anywhere.
4: Amp, the multi-format network, is here to help create, produce, distribute, and sell your content. For more information, send a message to info at AAMP.tv. That's info at AAMP.tv. Are you a small business owner or pursuing the dream of starting your own company? Do you know where to start or how to grow that existing business? The American Business Trust Company has the answers you need. The American Business Trust Company can help you with startup capital, business strategy, Sales and marketing, and establishing your company with a physical location or on the internet. You decide. You bring the idea, the American Business Trust Company can help with the rest. For a free evaluation, you may visit them online at abtrustco.com. That's A B T R U S T C O.com or call them at 657 600 1876. That's the American Business Trust Company, 657 600 1876. Call them today. They can help your business right away.
2: This is an urgent health notice for all residents suffering from back pain. You may qualify for a pain-relieving back brace covered by Medicare. Simply call the Health Alert Hotline now. The Health Alert Hotline is your back brace company. These specialized braces have been thoroughly tested for pain relief. Call us toll-free right now to determine your eligibility. Don't wait. The deadline is fast approaching. The call just takes a few minutes, and we will handle all of the Medicare paperwork. Back braces have helped thousands of people, just like you, get relief from their back pain and return to living their lives to the fullest, enjoying activities they thought they might never be able to experience again. Find out if you're eligible to receive a pain-relieving back brace. Make sure to have your Medicare card ready when you call. Call us right now.
3: 800-223-7902. 800-223-7902. 800-223-7902. 800-223-7902. That's 800-223-7902.
4: Attention, business owners. You and your customers are listening to this commercial right now. Face it, every business needs customers, even yours. The Sports Circus is a primetime, nationally syndicated program that's carried on ABC, NBC, CNBC, and Westwood One News affiliates, plus CBS, Fox, and NBC sports affiliates across North America, with coverage from Hawaii to New York. Also, The Sports Circus is available to the 180 million subscribers on iHeartRadio, and The Sports Circus gets about 4 million website visitors per month, which could click through your website and bring sales. The Sports Circus provides great content featuring celebrity guests from sports and entertainment to our audience every weekday, which your company could greatly benefit from by increasing your visibility, foot traffic, eyeballs to your website, and calls from potential customers. Call us right now at 702-799-9935, again 702-799-9935, or email us at info at That's info at Drive your sales today by advertising with the Sports Circus.
1: Welcome back to The Sports Angle live on AMP TV, AAMP TV. Big welcome to everyone listening on CBS Sports, KSIX, Astros, Rockets, Texans Radio Network, as well as Magic 97.9 FM in Las Vegas, the entertainment capital of the world. I'm your host, Rocco. Let's get back into it. People focus on NFL stadiums quite often. People, you know, they talk about state-of-the-art design. They talk about the atmosphere. They talk about the actual building itself and the architecture and everything that goes into building said stadium. But the question that I believe really needs to be asked is – When it comes to NFL stadiums, just in general, what makes a stadium one of the best? Because I guarantee you have done what I have done, and you have read articles, you have seen news headlines of, oh, the top five stadiums in NFL, or, oh, the top stadiums in MLB, the top arenas in the NHL. And they normally have their qualifications and their reasoning for why a certain stadium is better than insert random team here. Or why is this stadium ranked the best out of every single team on that list? And the NFL is no exception. I mean, I remember reading an article saying that Allegiant Stadium out here in Las Vegas is the best stadium in the NFL, that with it being released in 2020, it is now ranked number one out of all NFL stadiums, and they were talking about the design of the stadium, they were talking about the location of the stadium, they were talking about how the stadium looks inside and outside uh, in terms of the architecture of the stadium itself and they talked about the -the state-of-the-art facilities they have at the Allegiant Stadium. Like They were going into good detail about Allegiant Stadium being the best stadium in the NFL, but it got your host thinking. If Allegiant Stadium is number one, and AT&T Stadium was ranked inside the top five for all the people in Texas who are listening, AT&T Stadium was ranked in the top five Of that said list, you have to question something. Is the reason why these stadiums are ranked that high, is it because they have that label, that classification to them of of state-of-the-art facility? Is it the fact that AT&T Stadium, Jerry Jones, Jerry's World, he spent billions of dollars to get that thing created? Alita stadium spent billions of dollars to get that made. You know, you had Mark Davis and you had all the people here in Las Vegas that got that stadium built and got it improved and everything put in order. But but there is actually one stadium that was ranked in the top 5 that isn't brand new. There was a stadium that is almost 60 years old. But guess what? It is ranked incredibly high. And that is Arrowhead Stadium in Kansas City. They had that ranked in the top five of the best stadiums in the NFL. But wait a minute. Arrowhead Stadium, it isn't brand new. It isn't state of the art. You know, there isn't all of these amazing things that were just invented as of lately. So what made Arrowhead on that list part of a top five in terms of the best stadiums in the NFL? And they said it was the environment that they are in. It was the fact that they have a fan base that gets loud. When you're at Arrowhead Stadium, it is the experience of being at Arrowhead Stadium that put them in the top five. But see, where this list started to get confusing is that they valued the entertainment value sometimes over a new stadium that was state-of-the-art. And then there was times where they put a state-of-the-art stadium ranked higher than a, than a stadium that's known for how, having rowdy and very energetic fans in their stadium. So what is, so what is it? Is it the state-of-the-art facilities that makes the stadium in the NFL top five? Is it the fan experience that puts them in the top five? Is it the actual environment itself and everything that goes into it? What about the in game entertainment? You know, during the intermission breaks, they have entertainment at NFL games. What about pregame? When pregame, when they announce all the starters, or, like for the Chargers, for example, when I went to Qualcomm, they would have the Superchargers being played through the loudspeakers when they were getting the game ready to kick off and get ready to go. You would have the big helmet that the players would run out of at the Qualcomm Stadium back when they were in San Diego. Is it the actual experience itself that values a stadium so high, or is it the facilities Is it the stadium itself? Because as we continue on this list, Century League Field in Seattle was ranked number six on that list. But yet they have some of the most energetic fans that I personally have ever met. Seattle is loud. They get insanely loud and energetic for their Seahawks. Right, They're the 12th man for a reason. And that is that when you go to Century League Field, you can hear the energy, you can hear the vibe that the fans give off, the players can too. But they were ranked number six. So was it the fans itself, or is it the actual stadium? That's the questions that need to be answered from this article. Is that it had Allegiant Stadium at number one, had AT&T Stadium at number two from Dallas. He had Arrowhead from Kansas City ranked right after them. So the question that I need to ask, and the question I need to ask the person who wrote the article and the person that published the said article to their website, is what was the absolute 100% qualification for having Allegiant in and AT&T ranked number one and number two? Was it the design of the stadium, the state-of-the-art facilities, or was it the fan experience and the energy and the environment that the fans are going to get from the pregame ceremonies, the intermission ceremonies, and the postgame ceremonies? Because there's two different ways to look at at how how valuable a stadium is. There is different ways to look at certain type of philosophies when it comes to stadiums and say, oh, that one's better because when I go to the game, I know I'm getting my money's worth thanks to the entertainment and the in-game experience that I'm going to feel while watching the game. And then there are some stadiums That when you show up and you walk in front of the stadium, you're just amazed at the design. You're sitting there with your mouth open going, wow, this is amazing. I mean, you compare the NFL stadiums to really any other stadium, any other ballpark, any other arena in sports. And it's not really even close. I mean, you compare NHL arenas in terms of size to NFL uh, stadiums, and NFL stadiums, they gawk at the NHL arenas. I mean, the NHL arenas are such smaller in size and capacity as compared to NFL stadiums. NBA arenas are the same thing. I mean, you have all these NBA arenas. I I want everyone who's listening right now Uh, When you have time, when you're not driving, look up this photo that I'm gonna explain to you. In New Orleans, you have the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. All right, it is this amazing size of a stadium. Mercedes-Benz, it's huge. It's iconic. I mean, it's it's a very nice stadium. But here's what I want you to do: go onto Google and type in Mercedes-Benz Superdome, Smoothie King Center. Because the New Orleans Pelicans NBA arena is right across from the Superdome. And you will laugh at the size comparison of an NBA arena and an NFL stadium uh, right next to each other. I mean, I saw that picture for the first time and I got a chuckle out of it. Like, I was literally for half a minute just busting out laughing seeing the actual size comparison from the air of how small an NBA arena looks as opposed to the mega giant NFL stadium that was right next to it. It's a really funny picture. Go look it up. Uh, MLB ballparks are the same way. I mean, MLB ballparks have been smaller in size than NFL stadiums. Now, to be fair, NFL stadiums and MLB ballparks are a lot closer in size capacity than NFL stadiums and NBA, NHL arenas are. So I will give them credit. They are a little bit closer. But when it comes to overall size of a stadium, there is nobody that beats the NFL in terms of size. I mean, heck, there are some NFL stadiums That are so huge that they can beat out a short track in NASCAR. There are some stadiums in the NFL that in terms of overall size, they can beat out some soccer stadiums out there in the UK. I mean, when you compare the sizes side by side, there are some soccer stadiums in the UK and over in Europe and South America that they do not even compare to what the NFL has done here in the United States in terms of stadium capacity. So regardless of what you think about what makes the best stadium in the NFL, regardless if you think it's about the end game entertainment, regardless if you think it's about the overall experience when you're at the game, or if you actually just like the design, the architecture, and everything that goes along with it, Understand that when it comes to the NFL, those stadiums, the best of the best, according to this article, Allegiant Stadium was number one, AT&T was number two, and then Arrowhead Stadium got the bronze trophy uh, right right below them. So, keep that in mind when it comes to the best stadiums in the NFL, this is... The Sports Angle. I'm your host, Rocco. Follow us on social media at The Sports Angle. And follow your host at Rocco Kelly Radio. So long, everyone.
0: Local expertise from Redfin. That's real estate done right. Tour subject to property and agent availability. Virginia Office Falls Church, VA. 844